Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. Andy and myself are here. Hope that you are doing well. Very quickly, thank you to our newest patrons over at Patreon, Biantara and Thien Ernesto. Thank you, too, for your support. And to our other wonderful patrons who make this and the website possible, we appreciate greatly your support. So, uh, Andy, that was, I won't call it entertaining, because that yesterday had every bit of a midweek fixture written all over. It looked much like your favorite competition Europa League match for the first 45 minutes. That first half, I think I would have enjoyed myself more at a funeral. Uh, that, was, that was very difficult to watch unfold. Ultimately, Roma obviously win. With the good, though, there is some bad because I have to tell you, if there's like, if you could pick two players that just based on the way Fonseca plays, not your opinion, who you think is the best, just from the way Fonseca likes to play his football, the way Roma have played all season, if you could pick like two players who cannot ever at no point afford a long term injury. I would have to imagine at least 90% of people have vetted to on that list, right? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, so we'll find out definitively tomorrow from inside Roma. They, they know it's bad, and everybody is writing that internally. Uh, Roma get the feeling that this could be a very long injury layoff. They've been telling everybody the exact same thing. It doesn't look good. And again, if you could have picked like the worst point imaginable for this to happen, it would be right now. So the good is obviously Roma win. I am going to hold on to dear life to my Amadou Diawara stock. I have been sitting on it for a very long time. What about what happened to that Bruno Perez stock? Did that uh, stock die? Did it, what uh, happened I, to it? Did it burn? Did it crash? Uh, what was that the famous company they've made movies on it, it, that like went bankrupt because of fraud what's it blockbuster uh no, no, no. <laughs> oh come on man well, maybe he is blockbuster maybe he is a blockbuster stock he might be that, that actually what's see now i'm googling it enron enron is the name of it right had all that fraud uh, but now that you mentioned blockbuster bruno perez may be blockbuster stock yeah that that went bankrupt years ago um and yeah. I finally decided to sell up a few months ago. So I, I took some <laughs> huge losses on that. But I, I, I am going to take a couple victory laps because, it, listen, aesthetically, again, yesterday was, was dreadful. The, you know, if you're looking for the uh, champagne football, you're, you're not going to watch any of the highlights from yesterday. But one of the few, one of the few bright spots was Diawara. And I'm going to reiterate again that – his best moments, whether it is coincidence or not, have always seemed to coincide with Roma getting very, very good results and Roma being at their best. So what are you taking from yesterday? Are, are, I mean, obviously, you're happy for the win, but certainly, to at least a certain extent, there has to be some bitterness because Veritu is is an enormous loss. Enormous. Yeah, definitely. And um, I don't, you know... Uh... Had we lost yesterday, I would probably 
have told you today no i'm taking the day off i'm not <laughs> i'm not recording i'm not coming on here and talking about a game that really looked like and because again man um how many how many of those goals are we going to concede like that because i can It's take incredible. all i can take all the stats you guys want to show me i can you know you can show me the conceded goals i don't care the i i could of of the top of my head i can count like 10 or 12 goals that came from individual mistakes just like the one that spinazzola had i mean that what what he does there that slip even if he tried his hardest to it defies it, science the way they do this no, you know yeah it's impossible to to do it a second time exactly that way and um that that could have compromised your result and that what what's what's even more ridiculous that he was the one who put us ahead and then he leveled <laughs> it out for them and it's it's that it's that irony that keeps getting in the way of 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 this process that Roma is in the middle of so when you show me all those conceded goals and you're like oh this is this defense is a mess i really can't take that seriously because then i look at something like that and i see that that's not the defense that's that's a player that's you know the frustration or the fatigue no, getting man, that that somebody. is divine intervention that could be that, that could that be, defies yeah. I mean, Andy, that looked exactly like. Remember his his mistake against Inter, Inter yeah, last again. season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except he made contact with the ball this time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you they're... could do that a <laughs> hundred times among you and your friends uh, playing uh, playing Sunday League, and you so, each of you would make contact with the ball <laughs> at least 90 out of 100 times. Yep. Roma defies math. They defy yep. odds. They defy science. It is extraordinary, extraordinary yeah. the way that they manage to concede goals. It, it, and I had to laugh because did you did you read what Prandelli said after the match? He said he said that he said that we didn't deserve to lose. We played really good. I'm thinking to myself, you were you you had a once in a lifetime own goal handed to you. Yep. And beyond that, I can't remember really a single action. Where I thought, oh wow, they they really came close to that. Maybe Vlahovic, where Paulo Lopez did that uh, diving punch. Yep. I think it was the 60 or the 70th minute. Uh, beyond that, I couldn't recall many opportunities. So I, I don't, you know, Prandelli, more of an indictment on him, but I, <laughs> it, it's absolutely uh, astonishing. It, it is astonishing the way that they managed to concede goals. And you mentioned it, okay. Um, when you look at Roma's conceded, uh, their XG as far as conceded goals go to the number that they've actually conceded, it is it defies logic. Like you can't explain it. You, yep. you can't make any sense of it. I guess the only positive that you can take from it is you think at some point, at 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 some point, this just has to end. Because I have to tell you, a lot of it is bad luck. Now, some of those, just just like with the big matches, a lot of those goals have caveats. Each each goal is different and unique and has a story behind itself. But when added together, you just think to yourself, how in the hell do they keep doing this? So, listen, 
of course, the win was the most important thing yesterday. But, man, it, it really seems like now, when you can consider as well the injuries, it really seems like the deck is starting to really get stacked against them. I, I didn't expect to be so negative on here after a, after a victory. But, uh, man, it, it really does sort of feel like they're playing Russian roulette every sort of match now. Yeah, definitely. And it's uh, it's getting to a point where you have to, you sort of have to find the positive in the negative. So the positive is that Vertu's injury coincides with sort of the, the, the time period uh, where Diawara seems to be picking picking it up, you know, after a long, a long stop, uh, a few performances as substitute that didn't really uh, convince anybody. Um, finally, he, he's, he found his footing in the Europa League, and then last night was probably the only standout performer. Um, and and so that's that's your positive that one guy goes down. <laughs> You have somebody else to fill in. Obviously, um, what he offers is completely different than Vertu. Uh, and I feel for Vertu, you because you would have loved to um, to see this guy break the, the, the that ten ten goal uh, bet that he had with uh, with Fonseca. And also, I mean, you're lo- you're losing a guy who's an absolute sniper when it comes to penalties. Um, so. That's if I if I mean if if I have to think about the prospect of seeing more Pellegrini um, uh, taking penalties. Uh, oof, um, I, oh my word! I, I don't know. I don't know he about that. He kind of reminds me. Remember the first two seasons where, or maybe it was only the first season where Jekyll was doing the penalties. Yeah, the first remember season. How, first, first remember season, how uh, bad they were. Yeah, sixteen, seventeen. Before before we realized that uh, Perotti could take them better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's... But but Pellegrini, uh, he scored one, I I believe, was against Spezia in the Coppa Italia. Um, I believe he did score one. And he, it, did. And he, he did. did very similarly. He, he the, the, the run-up was very similar. It's just that there it worked. And, and then the last time, <clears throat> it clearly did not. But um, all I'm saying is that it's, you know, it's very unfortunate to lose a player like Vertu because that guy offers you, I mean, you, he offers you a lot of alternatives. He offers you, you know, yes. a shooting ability that um, other midfielders such as VR and even Diawara don't have and even Pellegrini. Uh, so, uh, and yes, you find yourself, for, for Diawara yesterday, that goal of his, I mean, he makes a run that, I've never seen him make, and I've rarely seen other midfielders make. That's a run that maybe Vertu made. Yeah. Nobody else does. Well, Spinazzola too, man. I, I mean, making that run from yeah. the edge of the box like that, and I don't know if I'm more amazed by his run or Mancini's ability to ability to find chip him it over. Yeah, by the millimeter. I, I mean, that pass was spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> That's sort of the thing now, right? Yeah. It sort of feels like Roma, they're going to have to find unique ways yep, to find to these score. goals. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you can't because at first it seemed like, okay, we went from Jekyll, Mkhitaryan, and then this season, now you add Veritu to the mix and Majoral. But, man, Majoral has fallen off of a cliff. And Mkhitaryan, I don't know if it is simply fatigue when I think he is on it, he is without doubt one of the most, arguably perhaps the most talented player in the team. But I, I don't know about you, but I think it's abundantly clear 
some of the names that are just completely out of gas at the moment, right? I, I think this has a lot to do with just too many minutes on the legs. No, Mkhitaryan definitely. I don't want to see Mkhitaryan starting, for example, against uh, Genoa. That that cannot happen. Um, I don't care if if Pedro is is you know is 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 there, but uh, Mkhitaryan cannot play as a starter. Um, it's just because it gets to a point where you 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 risk an injury and um, you also don't get any contribution from him. And um, somebody like yeah, like Borja Mayral needs constant support. And in fact, yesterday he had basically no service at all. Uh, whatever small contribution he had, he had to do it by himself. And um, I, you know, had few touches, too few for for a striker to really have Definitely. an impact, uh, especially in a game like this, where. You're supposed to dominate, but both teams looked really tired, and neither team really felt like they wanted to push. And and so the all the the main pleasant surprise about yesterday was that second half where sort of Roma finally got it together and um, sort of pushed through the ba- bad luck of 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 that you know of that goal of, of that own goal. Um, and deservedly so. And the the one thing that I really cannot stand about these games is that then you find yourself in these situations uh, where you have to wait for that goddamn offside flag. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, well, I saw half the people were telling me that they were that they were signaling for Carsdorp. I I don't know where you were watching it, but I I was um, I had the Italian feed. They. They, nobody mentioned anything about Karsdorp. I, th- I thought they were whistling for Diawara, which I, I almost had a stroke because I don't know how right. anybody could have even remotely considered Yeah, he, him he had like three Fiorentina players in front of him. Like <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, but I was I was watching it on the on the American uh, broadcast, and 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 they were looking for for Karsdorp. So. I don't know. It's very weird, um, and also those situations where you don't really know if you want if you get to celebrate or not, um, <laughs> keeping you on the edge of your seat in those final minutes. Every time, it's why is it that even when you sort of uh, deserve to celebrate, you cannot do it in peace? Hold on. Before speaking of VAR, before we move on, I'm sure many of you have seen the images and the replays of Udinese and Milan. I'm not saying that match fixing is going on in that game, Andy, but I'm also not not saying it. Right. Was I, I had to go back in my in my memory and the only handball that I could remember off of the top of my head that came even remotely close to that. Do you remember Boyan against Fiorentina where he puts both arms up in the air and bats it down in, uh, what was that, 2011-2012, that was the last comical-handed ball to that degree that I could remember. Was that match... Somebody had to have a few extra few extra euros on that one last night, yeah? No, for that sure. That was I, unbelievable. As long as Berlusconi is alive, I am I am a big proponent of, 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 of match fixing and Calciopoli and whatever. As long as Berlusconi is affiliated with Milan, um, they're gonna always going to be suspects in my mind. 
That's my per- that's my personal take. That looks Can't so. Can't wait till his side is in City A next that, season. That'll be fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus, oh man, that would be lovely to see Galliani back on the stands. Um, mm. But what I'm what I, it's and the it, trip to Monza, by the way. Yeah, love love, love Monza. Love yes, Monza. and and Brocchi having Brocchi yeah. on the side, beautiful. I mean. That's that's peak Italian football, if that to is, be honest. That really is. But but it, yeah, it's it's unbelievable what happened yesterday, and um, I I don't know what happened. If you you really have to question the, like, either either it's match fixing or Larson, if I get the name correct, should really consider visiting a, a mental facility, um, because that that thing cannot happen like i i've i've seen a lot of roma players do dumb stuff recently uh even that spinazzola thing against inter in the in the death um when you're you're winning i mean that is still does not compare with this where he no. actively reaches out to get the ball with his hand i, I literally literally like 75 <laughs> seconds remaining in the match literally yeah, yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely incredible. Kind of reminded me, and and that, and also then you watch Napoli's meltdown, um, where oh, they they had twenty seconds to go. They had twenty seconds to go, and all they needed to do was launch the ball as far as possible. Um, but uh, they thought that passing the ball to Bakayoko was a good idea. Yeah, well, Manolas too. He had a beautiful. Oh yeah, beautiful conceded penalty. So oh, good the, for him. music to my ears. Yes, I I love it. I love it. Uh, what do you do now tactically? Because it it looks like uh, Roma initially they were telling everybody this morning could be four weeks, could be six weeks, could be two months. Uh, that uh, just the uh, just hearing or seeing they they message it to me, just seeing that typed out on on WhatsApp was nearly enough to give me a heart attack because you're doing sort of this this calculation in your head as to how much of the season is remaining. You look at the calendar, and it's just not good. It's not good at all. Now, two months is a really a good moment for a player to be out for two months throughout the season. Uh, of course not, but you find yourself in the midst of a top-four race that is getting tighter by the match day. The Polshin and Bergamo seems to be, they say, they seem to have found the recipe. Yeah, it's in full swing, yep. It is. Bang's ball, I, I don't know, maybe he added an extra extra quart to something. I don't mm-hmm. know what it was from earlier in the season, but he, oh, he has cooking. the ingredients. Yep, yep. Yes, yes. He's, he's got the ingredients down correctly now, and they're firing out all cylinders. Mm-hmm. I really, <laughs> it, it, it felt yesterday ecstatic to win but then once everything calms down you sort of think to yourself oh no oh no 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 and it's only because again whether or not you like Veritu as a player individually I don't know who wouldn't like him but whatever this guy is one of the most critical pieces to to the way Fonseca plays and unfortunately, there is, it's not as if you have somebody that you can plug in that's a lower level, but with a similar game, similar characteristics. I, I don't know what you do tactically, Andy. I really don't. It doesn't seem like Diawara, Villar would be a good match. Do you drop Pellegrini back 
to me, that seems like the most logical thing to do. What do you think? Yeah, I think that that will probably be the the, the first the first choice to to drop Pellegrini back. Although I think that that would be detrimental, and uh, I still would play the duo of Yar and and Diawara. And um, I just think that in this situation, it's very important to get first all the center backs back and healthy because yes, it's, yes. it's really impossible to deal with an absence of of that magnitude that is Vertu um, for that long of a period without having all your center backs ready because then you can at least count for example hey in the Europa League maybe you can play Mancini in the midfield have somebody you know get a breather because you're gonna run low on on players uh, available and um without Vertu I mean you're looking like a guy who you know when it worst comes to worst can play winger can play fullback we've seen in the, the in, in the Europa League he can sort of do a, a bit of everything he always gives you that extra push he can make runs he can score he's a great penalty taker so I mean it's uh, you're you know you're you're losing one of your main guys um to the to the list that includes Jeko Ibanez um, even Smalling to a degree so that's it's 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 rough but again, uh, this emergence of Diawara makes me hopeful that at least we can, you know, we can string a few games with with a with a competent team. And um, there has to be obviously this this absence by Vertu really indicates that there's going to be a lot of changing around, especially without Jeko. You're going to be looking maybe more at, uh, at having El Sharawi start more often. Um, you're gonna see VR Pellegrini shifting in in those positions. So it's um it's unfortunate because again it's it's at a point in the season where you really have to kick it up a notch. And Roma right. once again, along with a, a number of teams, because I mean you you look at Juve, despite all the quality that they still have on that starting list, they're running low on guys. So it's it's not as if you know Roma are this this special case but still the moment that you're supposed to that that you're supposed to take it up a notch the moment where everything really starts to like the pressure starts to count and and you can feel it and and the objectives become clearer and clearer and clearer and um and you really need to capitalize and, and play as if every game is a final and not in a roma way but you know in a real a real madrid way um and you can't do it because you have you have half the squad missing. You have players underperforming. It's and and that's that's unfortunate because um, yeah, because as you just said, we're looking at a table that yes, great, we we had a win um, and it was crucial. But you look at the table and and you see Atalanta going full throttle. Um, Juventus have a few standout performers that can always sort of guarantee them a result no matter how shit they play um, because right. Pirlo is a fraud. Um, and, you, you know, I mean, Inter is running away with it. Um, I'm curious to see what they do once they now they play midweek. Um, it would be really funny if, if they couldn't get a result <laughs> because it's a midweek game. But anyway, it's it's just that it's at a point where, once again, we find ourselves in a position where we we don't really have that much gas left. And and it's unfortunate because we're almost there. I mean, the season is is bound to end at some point, and this is where 
the points need to be made. You have teams like Napoli that are just so inconsistent and, and Lazio as well that you really need to make the best of it. And, you know, at first glance, you know, from a feeling, from a personal feeling, from a personal standpoint, I say they, they just will not be able to do it. Mm. Well, it's, um, yeah, it, it is interesting because, again, they, they snatch a victory in the final moments. Yet here we are, after things sort of calmed down and thinking a bit more clearly, it, it, it doesn't look great. But I, I can't help but feel that just by the fact that they were able to pull that one out from their backside yesterday, essentially out of nothing, because they, it did not look like they were going to score. Oh, yeah. It felt like Benevento all over again. Once that, it did. It once did. Spinazzola made that own goal, it felt, I was like, okay, this is, this is not good. See, I, I think, though, and it is interesting because, once again, they lose against a big team and they respond in, yep. in, in a vitally, vitally important yep. way. I, I know that, again, with Veritu out, that it's not a great feeling right now. However, you, you can't help but be impressed. Listen, this whole thing against the big sides, Fonseca said it directly after the match. There's no more arguing we have to get that figured out as soon as possible. We can't keep losing to the big sides. But if you sort of just put that argument to the side, you can't help but be impressed with the way they respond in, in subsequent matches right thereafter. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, it's um, because yesterday had all the excuses and cards on the table to crash out, you know, burn and, and simply give up. And instead they they managed to pull that, that vital, vital win. Now you're looking at, a Genoa game that coincides with the same match day that, you know, where Atalanta, um, Juve, Inter uh, are playing crucial, in Milan are playing crucial games where you have to really take advantage um, because it's, this is, this is it, you know, this, this really, it comes down to these, these, these games that you need to get right. Just like Benevento, where you had to get it right and you could not, um, this time it's it's it has to happen, and um, and yeah, and Roma, you know, are looking at at, a, at a, are looking at an end of to the season um, that is going to be very very difficult because yes, you basically have to, in my opinion, you have to sort of go undefeated um, from now on if you really want to have a chance at. at for Champions League football, you really have to go undefeated, and you also need luck um, with the other teams dropping points. And uh, I don't think that luck coincides with with the with Roma, um, unfortunately. But we'll see. It's just that it's it's unfortunate that year after year, late February, March, whatever, um, you, when more competitions kick in, when the matches become more and more difficult, when the fatigue rises, um, we find ourselves uh, with with players getting injured, players underperforming, uh, the team being shaky, and um, and it's 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 unfortunate because sometimes this team deserves better, and I think that the team from this season really deserves better. Yeah, I do too. It's it's um, again. There's no doubting they've underperformed in the big matches, but 
if you would have showed me at the beginning of the season their record to date against the smaller sides, we, we all would have snatched your hand off for without any doubt. So, uh, again, it is very impressive the way they respond after disappointing in a big match. Uh, so now there's Genoa. They draw in the derby against Sampdoria. Uh, Sampdoria, they score late, uh, right around the 80th minute of the match. Um, this was a team that defeated Napoli not not too long ago, just a few weeks ago. They've been doing significantly better since Baradini came back for the dozenth time, whatever it is now. I think we're <laughs> up to 20 almost, it feels like. But I don't know about you. For the, for this one, I, 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 I'm not going to say I'm pessimistic, but having watched, and I don't know what it is because he's a very curious case because statistically... He has been the best uh, backup to Jekyll since he arrived. Playing Maihodal like this, I don't know if it is a detriment to him. I don't know if he's just finding it difficult to find ways to impose himself. You mentioned the lack of service. I don't think there's any doubting that. And I think some of that has to do with the fatigue of Mkhitaryan. I, I, I do have some fear in the attack now. Uh, we're talking about Veritu missing, but... I mean, other than a couple of chances yesterday, I think the XG, depending on where you looked, was right around 1.4, 1.5. And Maihodal, he did have that one big chance that he, he couldn't take advantage of. But where are you at with him? Because if you would have asked me four weeks ago, I would have been ecstatic. Uh, we were singing his praises on here pretty consistently. But... Having watched him, especially against Milan and yesterday, I, I, I don't know what it is. It, does it have to do with the way Fonseca is playing? I don't know. But he just seems w extremely anonymous. Like, you don't even recognize him being out there at so many points throughout the match. It, it, it is so odd to think that. But I was trying to think of, other than the goal-scoring opportunity that he had, I, I couldn't even recall a single action he was involved in. Uh, no, I, I can't recall. He, he, he drops the ball off to Pellegrini and Pellegrini takes a shot. Uh, I believe it was in the first half. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, again, once again, this is classic, classic, um, ambiente and a classic mm. way of, 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 of Roma fans perceiving a player, which, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's gone through some rough matches. And um, initially, when he started playing in the Europa League, what, what did we say? That he was also anonymous. Um, last time he scored was against Braga. That's, that's not really so long ago. I think that it, it does coincide with Mkhitaryan's form dropping. Um, players really not finding him. You're, you know, you're going to put your shoulders down. You're going to put your head down and, and your performances are not going to excel. But I do think that if you put a fresh face instead of if Mkhitaryan, somebody like, like El Shirawi, um, I think that uh, Borja Mayoral can still do good. And once again, we I have to highlight that this, I see a lot of people that, you know, are like, oh, I, but turns out he's not that good of a striker but he's he's a backup okay that's he was brought to be a backup he's a backup he plays like a backup sometimes he has good right, right, like right. he has good he's not you know he's not Lewandowski he's not that, a, a guy who will perform no matter what he's no Chiro Immobile who's the face of the franchise he's the guy who comes in 
does his job and then goes home. I mean, he's 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 the guy that sort of fills in for another guy. And so it seems to me that it it was bound to happen. This is a guy who is having the best season of his career so far. Okay. Exactly. So let that sink in. That's not that's not to say, you know, that's not to criticize him. That's not diminish to diminish his, his talent. Um he's twenty three years old. He's he's always been a backup. He's always been second or third best to somebody else. So uh, the fact that you're playing him in these big matches, you're playing him in more consistently in smaller matches, it, it, he's bound to get tired. He's bound to not be found by other pl- teammates that are getting tired as well. Um, as you just said yesterday, I mean, it was it was a match where nothing really happened to, to I mean, worth telling a story about. I mean, the, the only highlight were the goals. Um, that's it. Nothing, nothing else. So for me, it's very... It's difficult to to judge a player based off of that. Um, I do agree that if he if he doesn't score, for example, against Genoa, then you you gotta you gotta switch things up. You got you you have to think you know, maybe let's you know let's hit, give him a chance to breathe. Um, let's you know let's let's see what he can do in the Europa League. Maybe try El Sharawi as a false nine or eventually Mkhitaryan, but. At the end of the day, I think that I get the sense that Fonseca is about trusting players like till they get it right. And with Mayoral, like in the beginning where we were, we're all sitting there and be like, hey, why is he anonymous? Why is he not scoring? Or, you know, why why is his contribution so invisible? And Fonseca, you know, stuck to, to his ways um, even after some pretty bad performances. And and then he start, finally opened up and started scoring. So, um I think that this is just a situation of fatigue, of of these matches really getting to you after some time, and um, obviously when you're a guy like like Borja Mayoral, who's you know not the physically most impo- imposing guy, uh, no, no. you're you're bound to to get yourself sort of overwhelmed by by the opposition, and and Fiorentina as shit as they are, they have some pretty powerful center backs, especially Milenkovic, who. You know, if you don't rough them up, they'll 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 take that as an advantage, and 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 so I think that this is this this was bound to happen. I think that Genoa is is a good chance of of seeing him going back to scoring ways, um, and I'm pretty sure he's going to start again. Yeah, so do I. So you like their chances this weekend, then? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, do I like my chances? I I uh, I certainly expect them to to take advantage of this matchup compared to their rivals um, because you definitely have one of the easier, easier matchups this weekend. So it's um, once again... They have to take advantage. Exactly. I mean, they, they essentially erase yeah. the points, at least from a Milan perspective, yeah. that they dropped against them. Exactly. You have, you have to yeah. take advantage. It, there is no other way. There is no other way. We, we have to win. Absolutely. There is no other option than the three points. If there are no three points, then I'm really, really worried. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Oh, yeah, so am I. Um, 
Very quickly, before we go, uh, well, two things, actually. First one, the way this top four race is shaping out, it is it is so tightly contested. Painful. Jokingly. Yeah. yeah it, well, it is. Um, you have Atalanta really coming out strong. You have Juve making mistake after mistake after mistake. You have Napoli really just falling off of a cliff now. Uh, you would assume Gattuso doesn't... I can't envision him remaining much longer. As we sit here today, uh, how are your feelings on this? Because it, it really just seems like it doesn't even seem like who is the best of the of the teams to uh, finish the season will take the place. It honestly, the way it looks and the way each team is performing, it looks like who makes the less mistakes will get that place. Because it's not as if all of these teams are playing against champagne right. football. You have looked terrible. Yeah, right. It's it's again, it's a matter of luck, and it's also a matter of the damn point against Verona because mm. Jesus Great I point. if yeah. they drive Great if they really if they drive me to a situation where it comes down to that one point making all the difference in the world man could you imagine no I, I don't want to I, I don't think I, I could handle it seriously I'm, I'm it's enough enough is enough I can't um, it's but it really looks that way because you look at you look at those numbers and you look at the fact that Roma are most likely gonna lose because of you know head-to-head uh, matches. It's pretty clear that uh, most of the opposition is is already on the other side, and they've. They, I mean, they, you you know you're not gonna get back against Milan that won what four to nothing against you. I mean, uh, that's that definitely not happening. Um, so you're looking at a situation where one point can really make all the difference in the world and it's um it, it would be a terrible blow for for us for me personally uh it's it but it, it's it's that it's a season where nobody's really playing excellent football this is not you know this is not a year where you remember like those years where napoli were just painting football with sarri and right. i mean you didn't have to go to a museum you could just watch their games and it, it it just flowed beautifully. And Juve were imposing, powerful. Nobody stood a chance. Now it's everybody's touchable. Conte is really we say in Italian sculando because he, he finally <laughs> has that perfect opportunity to to not play twice a week but just once. Um, he gets to prepare his little tiny matches every every once in a week and, and uh, wait seven days until he can play Crotone and then completely dismantle them with Lukaku. Um, and that's that's great. But nobody is has been, even Atalanta, who perhaps after Saris Napoli were the prettiest team to watch, they also um, go from beating one team seven to nothing and absolutely just burning the whole city down to um, getting, you know, a disappointing result against a relegation team like uh, like uh, Torino. So it's it, it comes down to who's luckier, who who makes that one false move that will, again, make all the difference in the world. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, Andy. Before we go, we are going to welcome Matt Falcona back onto the podcast. If you missed it last week, we introduced this brief betting segment because I only realized recently how popular sports betting is. So Matt, he has the Falcona forecast that you can find on Twitter at F-A-L-C-O-N-A forecast. We're just going to go through some of the matches this weekend in the city and what Matt's algorithm has to say about them. Okay, we are ending this episode with the Falcona forecast. Again, if you missed it in the previous episode, or I guess it was two episodes ago now, Matt, who is a Roma supporter and one of our wonderful patrons over at Patreon, he created the Falcona forecast. It's completely free. It's an algorithm. It does not factor in his opinion. Matt is a, or studying to be, a data scientist. This is not sponsored. He is not paying to be on here. We are not paying him to be on here. Matt has been doing this for a number of months now, completely free. It has sort of been the secret in our patron-only WhatsApp group, but now he is sharing it with the world. So Matt, let's just start out with, from a Roma perspective, what does the forecast say about their odds against Genoa? All right, thanks again for welcoming back, John, for the second week. I appreciate you bringing me back. Um, hopefully we can, can uh, give you guys another clean sweep of, of picks for this week. All right, the Roma, Genoa, it's going to be an early one for me, <laughs> Sunday morning. So the forecast has Roma as 63% chance Whoa. to win, which is obviously excellent. The current odds listed as about 67%. So I don't really see a ton of betting value here, to be honest, um, although I do think, I, I do feel pretty confident that, that Roma is going to end up winning the game. However, I do think that Genoa is, is going to end up scoring in this game. We have some questions at the back for Roma with Kumbula suspended. Banya is still injured. We're not sure if Smalling's uh, up to speed yet. Of course, we had the, the huge, devastating Veritu injury uh, the other day. So I'm looking at something to bet on for this game. I, I think I'd turn to both teams to score, yes, about even odds. Um, but in general, I'm, I'm thinking we stay away from this one. The only thing I think the forecast is looking at here is is, is the difference in conversion rates. So... This is about to be very depressing, but Roma are 16th in the league in conversion rate against. So um, how many more expected goals or how many more goals than than expected teams tend to score against them? Genoa, on the other hand, are sixth in terms of goals four versus expected goals. So I think that's probably what the forecast is seen here in, in giving Genoa a little bit of a bump. And, and for that reason, I think Genoa is going to end up scoring this game, although I think Roma is going to end up winning. Well, that is certainly encouraging to hear, uh, especially when you consider all of the injuries that, that you mentioned. Now, the next logical question is beyond Roma, what about their fellow contenders for those top four positions? Because there's there's a number of critical matches this week. You have Lazio playing Juve, you have Atalanta, Inter. So what's the algorithm saying for those? I'm going to start off first with Juve Lazio. Okay. Uh, the forecast has Juve at 56% chance of winning, which gives it slight value over what the current odds makers are saying. I mean, anytime you see Juve with any sort of uh, betting value, you really have to take them here. Um, so I think Juve money line about minus 120 or 1.84 on the decimal scale is going to be your best bet here. And to be honest, as Roma fans, I think we, we need Lazio and, and, and these other teams battling for that fourth spot. Uh, to, to drop as many points as possible. Yeah. Verona and, and Milan is another huge, huge game. Forecast has Milan as only 47% chance winners, which lines up pretty much exactly with how the the odds makers have it right now. If we flip that around, there's a 53% chance that, that Milan drops points, which I think 
will will make a lot of Roma supporters happy. However, I, I don't see a lot of betting value here, so I'm gonna say stay away from the, from this game. I'm gonna sit back and and hopefully Verona can can help us out a little bit. So last big game of the weekend, of course, is is Monday night. We got Inter Atalanta. Uh, the forecast has Inter as 55% chance of winning here, which it sees as as pretty good value with the current odds makers have it as being about even odds uh, for Inter to win. So I'm picking Inter money line here. It's even odds uh, or 2.0 uh, decimal odds. I think that's great value once again. And I mean, as Roma fans, I think we, we really need to root for Inter the rest of the way to just sweep away all the competition for the rest of the top four. We, we definitely want this teams like Juve, Atalanta, Napoli to, to be dropping points any, any place they can. What about anything in the less notable matches among the smaller sides? Is there anything there? Um, first of all, the AUSW Di Francesco effect is in full force. Kairi has won twice in a row. Yeah, that's incredible. However, the forecast has not, definitely not caught up to that yet. So I'm staying away from any games involving the Sardinians for now. But the, the one game I wanted to, to mention here is the Udinese-Sassuolo game. Forecast has Sassuolo as 52% winners here, but the odds makers actually have Udinese as slight favorite. So I thought that was a really surprising line. I would have expected Sassuolo to be the favorite here. I know Udinese is a pretty tough team to break down. We know that. Strong defense, strong goalie, but Sassuolo have been killing people in expected goals recently. I think maybe they could be hitting their stride again. In terms of scoring, they obviously had a 3-3 thriller against Napoli midweek. So I think in this game, I feel pretty strongly about Sassuolo at least coming in with a draw here. So you're going to catch that at about minus 185 or 1.54 decimal odds. I feel pretty strongly about Sassuolo having success here so let's go you know ho- hopefully we, we can go three and out this week we got inter money line uve money line and Sassuolo or draw let's keep this uh let's keep this little hot streak going yeah you were undefeated the last match day so everybody is going to expect that from now on you dug your own grave with that one so we will uh we'll chat again next week matt all right everyone we will be back following the match day against genoa hopefully roma can uh follow the victory of yesterday up with another so Thank you for tuning in. We will talk to you after the weekend. Be safe, and we will chat with you in a few days. Until then, ciao. Ciao.